are listening to Wrestling is for Girls, a weekly wrestling podcast where we usually try to come up with a funny intro. But I'm going to be honest with you guys, I am overtired. My heart is 10 times too big this morning. And all I want to do is drink my iced coffee that's absolutely going to screw up, screw up my day and talk about night one of WrestleMania 39 with my incredible co-host Jillian and all of you. Um, Jillian, it's been a hell of a road to WrestleMania this year. How do you feel this morning? Um, I have a headache and, uh, none of it's like alcohol induced. It's just like weather and like a lot of emotions and I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I stayed, I watched all of WrestleMania last night, which for me is quite a feat. I took a nap like I was prepared. So I, I still don't have all of my thoughts arranged, but I'll do my best. Proud of you. Real proud of you. Thank you. So, you know, we have to take it back to SmackDown and this week we're doing something a little different you know normally our show is you know whatever happened during the week we've got a lot of content so for this episode we're going to talk about Friday SmackDown and night one of Wrestlemania and later in the week we are going to talk about night two and Raw and all the fallout that happens there so a little bonus content this week we are very excited Um, I do not think there is any way we could cram everything that's going to happen into one approximately 90-minute episode. So with that as a preamble, I'm going to say let's smack it down, let's get started, and let's take it back to Friday when the Usos kicked off SmackDown. I'm ready. Um, So this I don't think this was any surprise to anyone. The Usos come out, and they're trying to pump up the match at WrestleMania, but uh, Sammy and KO have other ideas sammy would like to exchange more hurdy words which are the theme of this wrestlemania season (laughs) it's really true i just had a thought so i was thinking like they love to play sammy's music when they come out yeah um i mean because sammy's like more over but i was just wondering like i wonder if they ever have thought about doing when they have like a tag team that has formed from people who were like solo wrestlers if they do like a mashup of their theme songs Instead of just choosing one, I think that could be really fun. I think it could be, too. And I think it would be kind of a challenge with this because Sammy's is so upbeat. (laughs) But I love KO's music. I do, too. It's like, I really love it. (laughs) I love, yeah, it's really, really good. (laughs) So we took it back with a little more history. Um, KO got sentimental, which is like, Kevin, where are you? (laughs) What are you doing? And he told us how, like, the Usos were the first people who are ever, like, nice to him. And they were nice to his kid. What? Like, how did you feel while all this was going on? I was just, like, in a wash of, you know, emotional syrup. I was just like, this is so sweet and so sad. And it's like they do such a really good job of, like, weaving in actual real-life things with, like, the, the narrative of sadness. And it was just like, so he's like, you guys were pretty awesome, eh? Until then you started hanging out with Roman. That sucked. It's a real, um, you know, telling the story has been the theme of this WrestleMania season. Mm -hmm. But I really think that found family has also, like family versus found family has been a profound theme as well. I agree. That's really nicely put. Um, As we have this back and forth, 
Jimmy says that they have no love for Sammy, and that still hurt me. I know. It's, it's not, it can't be true. I feel like this is all just a ruse that they have to put on because of Roman. It's like the greatest show ever. Like, they're really fighting themselves. Well, and as this was going on, I was like, okay, Jimmy, you don't have any love for Sammy anymore, but I think Jay might still have just, like, a crumb. There was a, a moment... Well, actually, no, that was during the WrestleMania match, so I'm going to hold on to that idea. <laughs> hold on. Hold on to I'm the crumb. To, yeah, I'm going to hang on to that crumb. But I did, through this whole thing, I was like, you know, Jay still has that painful nugget in his heart. He does. A little scar tissue there in his little heart. What did you think when Sammy got kind of down and dirty and he really took hurty words to the next level and was like, look, all of the pressure of the bloodline is on you two. You guys are doing it all. You're carrying it all. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> so not at like, all. It's like, uh, they. I, I think he's just telling them what they already know. You know, they know these things and he's just putting it into mm -hmm. words. And I think that makes it worse because if everybody else knows your problem, that's like, that's when it becomes real. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there was, when Kevin, <laughs> I had this note about Kevin going from zero to 60 in like half a second because like yeah. he was just like speaking normally. And then all of a sudden he was screaming for everything he was worth. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> There is some serious emotion in here. It's like, I can only be sentimental for so long, eh? I said nice things about you, and now it is time to talk about your demise. <laughs> it all... There, like, there, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. Well, I, there was just a moment that I wrote down because I was excited because there was a very supernatural moment, <laughs> which, Ooh. you know, if I can tie anything back to supernatural, I will. The road so far. Basically, Sammy channeled Bobby, and he said... Not in so many words. Family don't end in blood. Family don't end in blood. We know that. I loved that moment. You know, it really, it is very supernatural because, like, blood family can be very toxic on Supernatural. Oh, my God. <laughs> and your found family can it's be so show. much. Right? Like, dad's <laughs> a problem. Sam's a problem. Dean's a problem. Mom is probably a problem. I haven't seen the Winchesters, but. I haven't either. I, yeah, I'm guessing that to be the case. <laughs> Good call. Thanks. I think we need a little more like classic rock soundtrack to this rivalry. Ooh. Bring home. Mm hmm. I'm gonna have to think on that. Was Was there anything else about this opening segment you want to touch on before we move ahead? No, it was just. I don't know. The whole thing is like, it just makes me kind of sad. Yeah. I want them all to be friends. I know I want that like beautiful place where Jay cracks and he like can't do it anymore and then Jimmy realizes that Jay is more important to him than the rest of the family. Yeah. And then maybe they save Solo too. Although I don't know if Solo wants to be saved, you know. Like if Jay um, had stayed away a little bit longer, I think Jimmy would have left the bloodline. Oh, absolutely. I think I think oh, you know what? Maybe I don't. Because we've been seeing so much of the like the archival footage of the story, which has been going on for a freaking year at this yeah. point. And I don't, I don't know how much Jimmy identifies with the bloodline over everything else, but I do think Jay is still a very powerful motivator for him. So yeah, I think so too. 
I'm conflicted. Mm-hmm. Nonstop conflict. That's what they want. <laughs> and that's what they're getting. I know. So moving on to something absolutely different, we have the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. What what do you think about battle royals as a concept? Do you like them? I do like the idea, but it's always just like such a mess. Um, I think that might be why I like the Royal Rumble because it's kind of more it's organized chaos, whereas the battle royal is just like everybody get on there. Um, so I when I watched this, I was just kind of like not spacing out, but I was just like there's so many people I don't know who to watch, so I was just kind of waiting for it to filter out a little bit. Did you have a pick to win going into this? Um, going in, no. Halfway-ish through, though, I thought it was going to be Bronson Reed. Yes, me too. I was like, oh, it's Bronson's moment. Yeah, like I was like, oh, this is a great way for them to do this. And then it wasn't. <laughs> I was really shocked, actually. <laughs> I really feel your unorganized chaos thing and I feel like Dexter Loomis embodied this really well throughout because he spent a good portion of the match standing there just looking horrified yeah, it's like he was trying to figure out who to kill first <laughs> so it's too many people everyone is bumping into me it's hot I don't like I it I want to go home I want my, axe. my hatchet they wouldn't let me have it <laughs> said I could hurt somebody I'm not going to hurt anybody with it uh, did you catch Michael Cole's joke about Top Dollar? No. So uh, Wade asks him who he has to win it. And Cole says top dollar because he can't go over the top rope. Ooh. Ice cold, <laughs> man. Pretty good, though. Pretty good. <laughs> good. Uh, did you catch Wade uh, giving a shout out to Big E about big meaty men about to slap meat? I didn't. I'm really mad. It was kind of like right at the very beginning. I was like, oh my gosh, Abigail's going to love this. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, but it's been a lot of Wade Barrett content, like with the pre-show and mm -hmm. SmackDown and his beautiful hands. And I just, what a, what a weekend. <laughs> you had a so weekend. many treats. I did. It was a really nice time for me. Um, I was really sad for Baron Corbin to be eliminated first. <laughs> I mean, he's just going through it. I'm hoping that they're kind of just, it's going to be like a thing where it's like, maybe he'll come back around because it's kind of like hilarious sadness now. It's not just like pity sadness. It's like, this is yes. kind of funny. They're turning into a bit. That's what I hope for for him. So, I mean, he's won it before and I thought maybe yeah. this is his moment. You know, maybe this is his yeah. time. It was not his time. <laughs> I Nothing remember right when he won the first one, right? I think he did win the first one, yeah. I remember being pissed off about that. <laughs> I don't remember who else was in it, but I was like, ugh. Because I never really warmed to Baron Corbin. I feel like Baron Corbin is one of those things I enjoy in isolation, or I guess I don't have a problem with. I think he's got some great signature moves that he does. But, yeah, I'm never, like, really rooting for him to win, except in the sense of, like, oh, honey, you need a win, don't you? You need something. will pick me up. Yeah. I just, he never has the personality for me. Whether it's, yeah. you know, has he ever not been a heel? No, I don't think so. Because I just, we like. it if he did. There's a variety of heels that he's been that I've seen. And they're all just kind of variations on a theme of just, like, kind of 
boring and uninteresting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, I think he's a pretty good wrestler and I would like to like him more, but I just, it's not there. I feel a little bit about him the way I felt about Seamus when I was first introduced to Seamus. <laughs> oh, Seamus, yeah. I was like, you're just sort of like mean-spirited. You don't really have much personality other than being a mean-spirited douche, but not in a fun way. Yeah. You know? Although, you know, I really admire Baron Corbin's tattoos. I think they're really well done. I never really looked, I guess. They're I mean, really I, nice. I must have absorbed that image, but... And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, they have, like, a time or a clock theme about them, so they're kind of cool. Oh, interesting. Is it, like, a steampunk situation? No, it's, like, I think there's okay. one with a watch face. and. Yeah. Okay. I always expect people, when they have, like, clocks and things, it's always going to be, like, gears and steampunk. Yes. Stuff. Like old school Becky, well not old school, but earlier school Becky Lynch. Yeah, yeah, she had the goggles. Yeah. That was adorable. So what did you what did you think about Bobby Lashley coming out on top here? Were you thrilled? <laughs> I was surprised, really. I was just like, we're doing this again? Like, yeah. I'm still not sure what they're doing with Bobby Lashley. Like, I like him just fine. I don't I don't dislike Bobby Lashley. I just don't find him very compelling. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just not sure what comes out of this battle royal, right? They keep talking about like this has launched a lot of people's careers, and it's like Bobby Lashley's been around forever. Why are we trying to launch his career? Like, what is going on? Well, I also feel like you can't show a video package that says it's launched a lot of people's careers and then show Matt Moss winning. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, it's like if there was an ad for the lottery, it's like, people have won tens of millions of dollars, and there's a guy with a check for, like, 700 bucks. Like, it just doesn't, it yeah. doesn't work. I kind of wish they would have, like, introduced everybody. I mean, I know there was, like, a billion dudes in the ring, but, like, they all just came out at once, and I was like, that's not as fun. Yeah, I didn't like that only uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley got an intro. Like, I know they can't, like, intro everybody, but I think it'd be cool if they just kind of, like, read off some names. Yes. And then I don't have to be like, who's that one guy who I only saw like a part of his face? Like, I don't, who is that? I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like this was, I really like the concept of a battle royal because it's fun, but it is really mm-hmm. hectic and I'm not excited about Bobby Lashley anymore. Either. No. Does anything ever really come out of this? Do you, do you remember? Like, does like, cause there's no like follow up match. There's no, they just have like. They just get to say, I won the Battle Royal, right? I think they just bring that statue out for a while, which one thing I did like was it looked like Bobby <laughs> was going to try to pick it up. He was like, oh, no, I'm not going to blow out my back over this. No. <laughs> I'm glad. I don't want to see him die. He's almighty, but he's not that freaking mighty. <laughs> there are limits. Little L, although he likes to be capital L. A-L-L. <laughs> so a little bit later... We have just a man on the edge, Rey Mysterio, backstage. And uh, he's with his friends, Legato del Fantasma, mm-hmm. who I have just been, you know, praying to the wrestling gods that we'll do something with. Yeah. And Ray gives them a very special present. He gives them Latino World Order t-shirts. So this... 
That's a super cool shirt. This was like, I didn't realize this was a thing before because there's a huge part of wrestling that I missed for a long time. And like, this was a throwback to Eddie Guerrero, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. I was like, that's a cool shirt. And then I was like, oh, there's all this history. Because I think they mentioned it. I don't know if it was on Mania Night One or something. And I was like, oh, okay. It's a throw way back. So way back. back to Eddie in WCW. Okay. And apparently, I looked this up because I didn't watch WCW at all. And apparently it came out of some like real life disagreement he had with Eric Bischoff, but it became a storyline. And he started this faction called Latino World Order. And it was him and a bunch of other luchadors, Latino wrestlers. And it was kind of like a fluid group. People would come and go. But eventually it started in 98. And it ended okay. in 99 when Ric Flair, who was the president of WCW, like in a story capacity at the time, mm -hmm. ended it. Like, I don't know how Ric no. Flair can just come in and end your faction. <laughs> That's rude. It's like a weird Uno reverse card. Like, you think you're doing great. And it's like, oh, sorry, Flair. <laughs> so bizarre. But it made me think, if you could send Ric Flair to end any, like, group or thing that was happening, like, you could just use him as a shutdown. Where would oh. you send Ric Flair? Where would you deploy him? Oh, man. That's a really good question. Uh, I guess it's not a group, though. I was I would send him to shut down whatever's going on with Mustafa Ali at the moment. <laughs> That's not oh really gosh. a group. <laughs> like, like, please undo this. Oh, I. you know what? I think that's a very, very worthy option. I mean, I assumed you were going to say Austin Theory. I, Austin, yeah. I, I don't know why, but poor Mustafa is the first thing that came to my mind, so. Well, I think I reached out with spite and you reached out with kindness. Did you think Austin Theory? Oh, I absolutely thought Austin Theory. <laughs> A-Town would be down forever. That'd be amazing. Oh, God. <laughs> be so great i changed my vote i'd vote for austin theory get out plus just the idea of like 74 year old rick flair just like dragging austin theory out <laughs> by his ear is it's too much for me to resist that would be great was there anything else about this this segment that you wanted to dip into i'm just really hoping that we see more of ldf now i mean yeah. i don't know like I feel like that shirt's pretty I'm hoping that shirt wasn't just like a symbol of like, hey, isn't this cool? Remember this? But like it's like, hey, we're establishing this. This is gonna be a thing now. I think that would be cool. I think that would be awesome. I would really like to see them just see them get off the ground a little more. And I wonder mm -hmm. not to get too far ahead, but with some potential changes and where some members of the Judgment Day may or may not be, or if we're bleeding the lines between the shows more. If you have the Judgment Day on SmackDown more, mm -hmm. it would be great to have them feud with LDF. Ooh, that would be. That would be great. So I would be super into that. That would be a lot of fun. I agree. Good thinking. Thank you. You're welcome. So up next, uh, we had another big emotional moment because Seamus and Drew are not content to let the bloodline be the only sloppy bitches in professional wrestling right now. No. And they're... 
They're so awkward about it, I think. It's just like they're so snotty. They're both just like mm, 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 mm. about it, you know? <laughs> it's the only way I could describe it. Just mm. I just imagine if wrestling was like real and not scripted, that Imperium is standing backstage watching this go on. They're like, what the hell is that? What the hell are they doing? I don't want to go out there. This is going to be weird. Is Drew going to run him through? <laughs> okay. You know I am a big supporter of Drew McIntyre and, by extension, you and the Scottish people. Thank you. But, like, Drew was completely out of pocket on SmackDown. He's just been, I think he's been feeling himself maybe a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And so he's just like, me. <laughs> me, 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 me. Mm -hmm. It's another 100%. supernatural throwback. He's like, me, Seamus. Me. My, it's my time. I mean, I feel like he is just sitting there in his head thinking like, I don't know, that one podcast, all they do is talk about how hot I am and how I look like a Scottish lord. And I, <laughs> I just, I'm the one. It's my time. Here we are. I mean, like, yeah. he just stole Seamus' spotlight. Like, yeah. I felt like Tyra, like... I am disappointed in you. We were rooting for you, Drew. Maybe he's just like trying to really like be so over the top that Seamus just gives up. Like he doesn't <laughs> want he doesn't want to hurt Seamus, right? So he's just being like such a boob to see if he can get Seamus just to be like, ugh, fine. I'll go. Is I can't this really like do an Irish accent? Is this like in the romantic comedy where you act like a jerk because even though you really care about the person, you need to drive them away for their own good? 100%, yes. That, that puts a really beautiful spin on it as opposed to him just being an utter tool. Everything's a rom-com in my head. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why I love podcasting with you. <laughs> that right Thank there. You. I can turn anything into something romantic, problematic, or otherwise. So, I feel like, did it even matter that Imperium was here? I mean, like, yeah, they're doing their thing, and they're great. I don't want to take anything away from them, but they are just props in this drama at this point. They really are. They're just collateral damage. So, I'm just like, I don't know. Guys, go out and, like, beat each other up with pillows or something. Like, get this aggression out. They need to go into one of those... um like rage rooms where you can just beat things with a bat yes. you know and, and just yes. get it all out and then they can go get pizza or something oh my gosh that's such a good idea i would I'd love absolutely. to get pizza with those guys i would too i feel like they'd be super fun to hang out with i don't even love pizza very much but i would love to get pizza with those guys i don't want to judge you for that but that's like <laughs> such I, a character flaw I know. I don't. I'm not a pizza lover. I just. I know. I, I've been that way my whole life. You are a ten of ten human being in every <laughs> other way, and then you're like a two of ten there. There's and I just there's definitely pizza I'll eat, and there's pizza I like, but pizza's never my number one. I'm never like so excited for pizza. I get it. It's just like you know, it's fine. Like pizza, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of a, my wrestling equivalent of pizza. Like, who do I think is fine? They're never going to be my number one pick. Like, sometimes I'm happy to see him. Sometimes I'm not. Is it your Baron think... Corbin? Like, it's okay, but you're just, you can't get excited about it? I was going to say, he might be my Baron Corbin. I don't know. Mm. But even then, I'm not like, because sometimes I'm happy to see the pizza. I don't know that I'm ever happy to see Baron Corbin. I'll have to think about this. I think if I had to put a name to it, Drew might be my pizza. 
Ooh. I really, really, really like pizza. But sometimes pizza hurts me because <laughs> I'm in my 40s and I can't handle dairy anymore. <laughs> so. I thought you were going to say it was like too saucy or something. No, no. I like the sauce. <laughs> I love the sauce. So we ended this. Uh, Drew and Seamus finally get on the same page. They get the win over Imperium. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of a lot of feelings. And backstage, we see Gunther looking on. I, I think just in disgust. Like, what am I in the middle of? <laughs> he looks so disappointed and unhappy. <laughs> just like fuck. I'm kind of surprised actually that Seamus and Drew won. I I thought it'd be like, you two dummies deserve mm-hmm. to lose because you can't work together properly. But I feel like this is taking it back to the rom-com. Like, they're so good together. If they can just get out yeah. of each other's way, it's hard to yeah. get them down. So to wrap up SmackDown, again, I don't think a surprise to anyone. We have a Cody Rhodes promo that is going to be, I don't want to say interrupted, but joined by Roman Reigns. Um I was disappointed in Cody's suits the night before WrestleMania. I expect a little more flair. He is once again dressed like a PTA dad. Mm-hmm. But the socks. Did you see the socks? They were snazzy. I liked those. That's the Cody flair I'm looking for. I like a snazzy sock. Um, keeping in the tradition of Cody getting way too real and cutting you to the core. You know, he talks about a lot of things. He's going to rap, whatever. I mean, I think Cody at this point can say anything and people love him. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He wanted to be an actor. I know. Isn't that wild to think about? (laughs) Cody. That's so cute. He had dreams other than this. I know. Maybe someday. Yeah. I mean... It, there's often a WWE to film pipeline, so. I don't see why we couldn't make the Marine 7. Is that the last one? Is 6 the well, last I mean, one? 6 is the last one. Okay. There's always room for more Marine content. Have you seen any of those? I have seen the Marine 1, and I've seen, I think, the 2 and th- I think I've seen 2 and 3, because okay. I think... No, because the Miz was in the Marine Three, and I think the Marine Two was Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, really, Teddy? Yeah, it was Teddy. Aww, and it wasn't very good. Aww. I'm sorry, Teddy. You seem like a real nice guy. Sorry, Teddy. Sorry, Teddy. But you know, Cody once again it hits us in the gut, and he says that he's been trying to project perfection, but that's an indication that something is broken inside. Cody, stop calling me out. <laughs> stop it. I hate it. I'm kidding. I love it. It's like we're watching Cody's therapy sessions. I know. Like some of this I don't think we should be seeing, right? I know. Did you feel like I might be jumping ahead a little bit, but did you feel like all of this I don't know. I was watching like when Roman comes out and they're like talking, whatever. It felt like a movie. Like, yes, like it felt very like Rocky or something, you know, where there's just Mm -hmm. like lots of stuff happening and there's like so much storytelling and there's like fans. It just really felt like a movie. So maybe, Cody, you're getting your wish. You know, he's certainly bringing cinematic flair to wrestling if he can't bring himself to the cinema. That's true. 
he also got in one of the sickest burns of all time. Ooh, remind me. When he said that WWE has made an 11-year investment in Roman Reigns that only began paying off in year eight. Oh, oh, man. Cody, that's mean as hell. That is pretty mean. I mean, there. I remember when people kind of hated Roman Reigns for a while. Yeah. Like, I didn't I, like him for a long time. I think he was used in a really boring way for a long time. He was really boring. Like, there's nothing compelling in the year of our Lord, 2023, about the big dog. Okay? Like, just stop. That's not cool. It's not intriguing. No, it's not. I agree. And I, I find it frustrating because, like, you look at how well Roman has executed his character in the last year. Mm-hmm. And it's like, guys, this was in there. Yeah. <laughs> he can be a total asshole. Like, he can really, like, play this asshole with layers. Like, he's not just a selfish heel. There's more going on. And, like, could we not have tried to find a way to bring that out instead of just insisting that he was really great? I know. Like, he can be a heel. He can be a selfish dick. He can be a manipulative asshole. He's got so many layers. You're undercutting me, and we're going to fight. I'm being serious. (laughs) I know you are, being a jerk. (laughs) I I just like this goes back to what I was saying last week like you can't tell people how to feel. No. You can't just tell them that someone is the best. Like there has to be something more here. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. So uh you know, Roman didn't really miss mince words here. He didn't have as much to say. No. I think he's over it. I think he is too. I think he's like, I'm really tired. Let's just do this. Like, I'm tired of wrangling the bloodline and ordering all that food and I'm just exhausted, bro. I don't even order it though. I make Paul do it and Paul makes somebody else do it. He thinks I don't know, but I know. Um, I see everything. Everything. Omnipotent. So, yeah, that's omniscient. It's me. He is the head of the table, and he also is the overseer of the table. It's true. So this is where we leave it to mm-hmm. step into WrestleMania, if you're ready. I am ready. I do want to make mention of one thing. Um, yeah. I didn't... So I didn't actually see him on television, but I have seen pictures since of Vince McMahon. And his new look. <laughs> the staff. Like like a 1930s waiter or villain. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what is happening with that man. The waiter who does a murder, I think. Like, I mean, there's one person who can do a pencil mustache well, and it's John Waters. And you, sir, are not John Waters. No, not in any way. Not in any way. I just I saw that and I was like, what am I looking at? I I thought it was like photoshopped. Like I it's an actual he actually did that to himself. And and he dyed his hair to yeah. match the yeah. I'm like Vince. I mean, I also only saw one picture and it looked yeah. to me it looked like maybe he's had some work done. His face mm-hmm. looked odd. Mhm. Mhm. I also 
I mean, you watched the Hall of Fame. I did. I did. Yes. Seeing him featured in video packages throughout and then seeing him taking pictures with the inductees, I was just like, why? I didn't see those, luckily. Like, I I just, I don't, I can't even put this into words, I guess. I just don't understand why he's still, well, I mean, I know why he's still around, right? It's money and power, but it's just like. Of course, yeah. It's just like man go away and it's just weird like uh, look i don't want to be the person who's like you shouldn't do that to your body do whatever the fuck you want to your body but it's like of course my brother in christ who are you trying to kid like why like you had gray hair yes. before you're in your 70s like it's okay to be in your 70s and look like you're in your 70s mm-hmm. it's okay it's like- Buddy, the worst thing about you is not the reality that you're aging. <laughs> no. Not even in the top ten. I honestly thought he had like a picture somewhere that was actually, you know, showing all the age and deterioration. But clearly <laughs> clearly it's just real life. I think it's possible that he has, you know, taken someone's photo and like you know, maybe some of their hair or something and buried it in a box at a crossroads. <laughs> he and Crowley are good friends. We haven't seen Shane McMahon in a while. I'm just it might be Shane. Shane might be the one who got his picture buried at the crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere hellhounds are barking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very supernatural themed episode of Wrestling it's is a for Girls. Very- a very supernatural themed episode i'm i don't hate it me either having fun so before we really talk about night one of wrestlemania i just want to did it live up to your expectations was it was it what you wanted in some ways yes in some ways there was a lot less pomp and circumstance than i expected like i really kept thinking like where's triple a in his tank Triple H in his tank. Not triple A. Triple H in his tank. Like, where is the just insanity? Like, there wasn't really insanity yeah. in any of the entrances. They were all pretty, like... I mean, even Seth's entrance was was big, but it wasn't, like, ostentatiously big, I don't think. No, I can see that. I think it was... It did not have that kind of, like, set dressing. and. Mm-hmm. But... Props. I really enjoyed the night. There were parts that I thought were stupid, but um, I mean, we can definitely talk about those. But I think overall, <sighs> there weren't any big surprises. I think uh, some of my predictions were right. Others were not right. So I definitely enjoyed night one. There was a lot of emotion for me. Seriously, yeah. It was a, it really, in terms of just match quality, exceeded my expectations. Yeah thought it was going to be good it was top tier man for me i i mean there were we'll get into this like you said actually yes. let's just get into it if we're going to talk about okay. things that were maybe not let's top just get tier, let's yes. talk about austin theory <sighs> united states champion and official whipping boy of the wrestling is for girls podcast <laughs> versus john cena a man who cannot be seen I like how in the intro to this match, it was like, oh, here's Austin Creed 
Austin Creed. Austin Theory. I always want to say Austin Creed. I love Austin. I love Austin Creed. I'm sorry, Austin Creed. <laughs> Please sorry. forgive me. If you're listening to this, you're a good human. Um, They're like, you know, here's Austin Theory. And then before they introduce John Cena, they're like, let's tell you about how wonderful of a human being John Cena is before he wrestles this waste of a human, Austin Theory. Like, he does the make-a-wish thing. It was like a pre-video package. Of, like, here's this angel of a human being. It was amazing. And then he has the kids with him, and he's yeah. really good with them. Like, he's having fun with them and making it special for them. It's like, Austin, if you just want to quietly go out the side door, it's okay. Well, and it was like, I was I was like, what is the purpose of this, right? We're not trying to get John Cena over. And no. if you're trying to get Austin Theory over, this ain't the way. Like, you're... It's like they're trying to, um, it's like they've pushed it so far with him being like an asshole heel that they're just trying to keep pushing it. And it's like, nobody's having fun with this. Like, everybody just doesn't like him. He's not getting good heat. It's hate heat. (laughs) That's the thing for me. It's like, you don't need to convince me that Austin Theory is a heel that I should hate. (laughs) Exactly. I get it. I do not need to see those adorable children to start thinking, wow, that Austin Theory really is not a good guy in comparison to the literal embodiment of John Wayne in professional wrestling, right? Like John Wayne without it. all the racism. Well, like movie John Wayne. Oh, yes. The hero, the, the white hat. The, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bringing it down. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> But do you know what I mean? Like, John Cena is the good guy in the white hat. He's the sheriff who rides into town. And, like, I do not need that sort of very obvious, like, here's the protagonist and here's the antagonist. And we're going to help you understand that the antagonist is bad. Like, I get it. And if nothing else, all the biting that went on in this match absolutely would have driven it home for me. That was so weird. It was so weird. Like, why is he biting him? Like, he's never done that. Like, if that was a thing that it was, like, one of his things that he did, like, okay. But it came out of fucking nowhere. (laughs) Like, what? Can you imagine, though, if, like, that was Austin Theory's thing? Like, well, he bites. (laughs) I might like him a little bit more. Like, he's such a weirdo. He and Dexter Loomis form some kind of alliance. Dexter has his hatchet. Austin bites. It's very uncomfortable. No one likes to be around them. Their t-shirt is like a set of those like wind-up teeth and an axe. Just like yes. that's their core shirt. The, I'd I'd be interested. The teeth are like gripping the axe by the handle. <gasps> oh, I love it. Dad, write this down. This is gold. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> um so John Cena does the STF. It's like his submission hold. He sure does. Yeah. Okay, so like, I don't know if I've never seen it done properly or he's never fully locked it in, but it looks like the least submission submission hold I have ever seen in my entire life. It looks like he just like bends a leg and then yeah. like cuffs his arms in front of somebody's face. There, look, I'm sure somebody else could lock in the STF with okay. authority, but the way that John Cena does it, it is the shittiest submission move I have ever seen. It is the equivalent <laughs> of like he might as well just pie face the guy and be like, "Quit." Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> like, it looks like, so lazy. It looks so ineffective and lazy. Like it <sighs> never looks like it does anything because I don't think it does do anything. <sighs> I 
I will say that I was uh, impressed with John Cena during this because honestly, like the last few times I've seen him wrestle, it felt very phoned in. And I felt like this yes. time he actually like put in a lot of effort. Um, so I thought that that was really, really good. I liked that, you know, it seems like he's trying out some different hair colors. He's got like the just for men on call and he's he's going for like a dark brown which i thought was interesting because his hair is not normally very dark brown yeah he's trying some new things but i realized something when i was watching this and i was like Mm. as he's when they were showing like i guess when they were showing sort of the pre-stuff right where he's burying austin theory in the ring during that like major promo he's like everybody hates you it was like watching a weird sketch of john cena being john cena because he's (laughs) Like, because he's wearing the t-shirt and the jorts and the hat, and it's like he was in a costume. It was so strange. It was really surreal for me. I can see that. I, And I feel like he has been at his most John Cena-y in that sort of, like, we're putting on a show way. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah, I... And I think you're right. Like, I didn't feel like John Cena was phoning it in at all. I feel like he gave his whole heart here. I think one of the things I always have to remind myself is that the draw of John Cena is not the wrestling. Right. Like when they call him the greatest of all time, if we're applying that to in-ring competition, that's ridiculous. Right. If we're applying it to sports entertainment as a concept, then yes, absolutely. The dude is one of the greatest of all time. Yes. So (laughs) I don't know. Like this was probably my least favorite match of the night. Yeah. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. It was fine. I I found it a little silly that they did the refs not looking while John Cena wins. Mm. Oh, shenanigans. Austin Theory wins. I was like, that's uh, that's trite. I was hoping that maybe something a little bit more creative, but I don't know. It was fine. It was fine. And I... I mean, I think we talked about this. We were kind of expecting that this would be a moment to legitimize Austin Theory. And they really went in the opposite direction. Like, no, he can't do it. Yeah, they really did. I'm just really confused about what they're trying. I I'm. I guess they got me, right? I'm hooked. I want to know more. Where are they going to take Wait, this asshole? Curious. So, you know, at the end of this match, our long national nightmare continues. <laughs> Austin Theory retains. <laughs> oh, it's so awful. His beard and everything very scraggly last night I hate him. but something that i thought was a lot more fun and really got the show going was the men's fatal four-way where we have braun Strowman and ricochet the viking raiders street profits and alpha academy it was so much fun at one point i was thinking like there's so much adrenaline and like excitement in this match i feel like someone's gonna do something extra crazy and kill themselves accidentally like the shit people were doing, like flying everywhere, just doing bonkers shit. I was like, something bad is going to happen. But luckily, it, I don't think anything bad happened. So <laughs> it was really fun to watch. No one actually went to Valhalla last night. A little bit of a bummer for the Viking Raiders, but everyone else very happy about that. They had like extra blue in there. They were like also in their WrestleMania best. They had like a little bit of blue going. They looked yeah. very nice. 
Yeah, I think like as much as we didn't see a lot of that pageantry, there were moments in costuming mm-hmm. where people really stepped it up, and the Viking Raiders were among those people. They looked great. The Street Profits formed a marching band. It was great. Yes, I loved it. I was wondering if Bianca made um, any of that oh. because you know she makes a lot of that stuff for herself. That blows I know my she's mind. Done it for Montez in the past, That's she's so cute. incredible. Yeah, she can do everything. She's amazing. Like if she wants a wife, all she has to do is stop by and. I'd be that she far. doesn't need one. That's the thing. She's just like, oh, I do everything anyway. It's fine. I'm amazing. I know, but I have dreams, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have dreams. I do support 99% of your dreams. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like, don't give up on Wade for Bianca. Well, I mean, I feel like it'd be a lot more rewarding to be her wife than his. Probably. Probably. Like, first of all, we're never going to be having dinner on the patio. And she's like, anyway, I think imperialism is the bomb. Like, <laughs> it happen. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> there, uh, there were some spots in this match. Um, the Viking Raiders tossing Ricochet. And then yeah. doing this kind of, like, bouncy off the ropes thing. Yeah. Amazing. It was it was crazy. When Chad Gable did the rolling German suplex to Braun Strowman, I was like, oh, Chad. my God, I that scared me so much because like his German suplex scares me anyway. Like, I have no doubt Chad can like throw a human being like he's. Oh, yeah. He's like one giant muscle. But it's like every time he does that one, I'm waiting for someone's neck to break. It's so scary. See, I feel like he's one of the only people where I am not awash in terror because I've never <laughs> seen him not land the guy squarely on his shoulders. That's true, but still. It's like a precision machine. He is really good, but oh my god, it still scares me every time. I thought it was really funny how Cole was explaining to Titus O'Neil how Valhalla is like someone who communicates <laughs> with the Norse gods. And Titus is like, oh, okay. like <laughs> That's really interesting that you believe that. Um, I would like to point out that I wanted to punch Titus in the face because he could not shut the fuck up about how sweaty Otis was. Oh my gosh, as if Otis wasn't probably already embarrassed about his ass sweat. The poor man. Well, and like, I'm sorry, Titus, you were also shining to beat the band. You were sweaty dude yourself. I was just like, can we stop this? Like, okay, one comment, but like, it was nonstop. That's like all he could talk about. It became awkward, and it's like... Okay, I get that you're probably stinging still with the embarrassment of that time you slid under the ring accidentally, oh but trying God. to replace it in our memories with Otis's sweat is not cool. That's not how we treat each other. No, it was, I didn't like that, but. I didn't like that either. And that I'm usually was the a dark big Titus supporter. I know. He, nice. he does seem nice. I was just like, why are we, why are we doing this? But. So were you happy with the outcome? Were you happy with the Street Profits victory? I was. I was surprised, actually. I didn't think they would win. I mean, obviously, Me I too. picked the Viking Raiders. Um, and I think you picked Tall and Small to win. But I was just I like... Picked... I mean, nobody thought Alpha Academy would win, which... No. <laughs> like, I Yeah, I really was shocked. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think that... I feel like... Because I had that moment. Wasn't there a moment? Or did I... Was that on SmackDown? There was a moment, right, where Street Profits came out as Usos were, like, leaving. I think that was on SmackDown. That was on SmackDown, yep. And they had, like, those meaningful looks. And I was like, ooh. So maybe this is going to ramp up to something between them. And I think that would be so fun. 
I think it would be really great if there is some disagreement about who gets the first shot at the, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but the current tag team mm. champions. Because both the Usos and the Street Profits now have a very real claim to that. Like, well, we won the Fatal 4-Way. Well, we deserve a rematch. So I'm so looking forward to the defense of that of those titles. Absolutely. Very excited. So much. So excited. So after this match, um, one that I know you were really looking forward to, um, because you are a big fan of mm -hmm. impulsive and prime mm -hmm. energy drinks and just the yep. man himself, Logan Paul, we had Seth freaking Rollins taking on Logan Paul. There's something about his floppy blonde hair that just really does it for me. I know. It's it's the way it's both greasy and crispy looking. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> I was really shaming. hoping when he, Logan Paul came out, I was hoping that Seth was hiding in the energy bottle <laughs> <laughs> and was going to, like, jump him. But I was like, ah, that might be, like, a normal wrestling evening kind of thing, not, not yeah. WrestleMania. But uh, Seth's entrance was grand. I, had, I loved it. I, he came out looking like a period commercial and I was just like this is amazing like I loved his I loved his jacket or his robe or his coat whatever you want to call yes. it but then when he took that off he had on like the pink like stripey the harness kind of bondagey looking and I was like yeah yeah I did I was like yes <laughs> this is this is the kind of thing I want to see in in wrestling like mm-hmm I feel like he's been doing this for a long time, but I feel like it has really ramped up since he's been with Becky, and maybe this is, you know, Becky's influence. I don't know. Maybe he's just becoming, like, a cooler dude. But, like, the shit that he's doing with, like, masculinity or, like, you know, this kind of subtle commentary on it, he just he's, like, playing with it. He's wearing, like, pink bondage gear. Like, Chaps. I love it so much. It's, like, his fashion is subversive. Yes. It always is. And it's never done in a way to me that feels like he's he's using it as like a it's supposed to make him effeminate or yeah. demasculinize him. Right. Like it's not like, oh, he's like a queer coded heel. He's the right. questionable bisexual villain in every Disney movie, you know, like. <laughs> It's like it's his thing and he does it and he like you he enjoys it. He exudes that he enjoys these looks and he puts them together thoughtfully. Yes. I was just like I love that. That was like my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I like that it kept like it kept having layers. Mm-hmm. It went from something that was like very much a period commercial down to its most basic parts. It was very, very cool. It was wonderful. Um Nothing that Logan Paul did really lived up to this. <laughs> no. I, I mean, dude's willing to put his body on the line, right? And, like, yeah, if yes. you're going to be a good wrestler, that's what you have to do. Like, he's not a bad wrestler. I just hate him. Um, I, there's that dumb submission move he was doing. They called it, like, a seated octopus or something. Mm -hmm. And it looked really stupid and ineffective. And I was like, what are you doing, buddy? Like, I don't know. I just hate him. I, I can't enjoy watching. It makes me sad, right? Because he's he's like a surprisingly decent wrestler. 
And yes. it makes me sad that I can't enjoy that and be like, wow, this guy really pulls it together because he's such a garbage human being. When you think about the fact that he's been doing this for a year, where he is in wrestling skill is like ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Dude I is a prodigy. Like, I feel like he didn't get a lot of praise as a child and yeah. just like really has to be the best at everything to feel any sense of like life. Do you think that projecting perfection is hiding something broken inside of Logan Paul? I think so. Should he and Cody talk and, you know, like, work through this? The dude doth protest too much. Mm-hmm. 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 There was a moment where... There was a moment where I think you really see his inexperience butting up against his really incredible natural ability when he kind of box jumps up under the top rope and he's going to go directly into a flip and he slides a little. Yep. But he kind of guts. I was like, you're going to die because you don't have the experience to know when you need to let the spot go. Yep. That was. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for broken anything like. I, he goes all out, which, you know, I appreciate his like spirit for that. But man, absolutely. Woof. Did you, uh, were you surprised that he had an ally in the prime suit? I was not surprised at all. I hoped it would be, I hoped it would be someone like, I thought it'd be his brother. I thought it was be Jake Paul too. Yeah. And I don't know who that guy is. He's apparently a YouTube KSI. I guess he's a big YouTube star, but I am a person who just like is not on the YouTubes. So I didn't know him. No, I I felt very old because I was like, <laughs> what is a KSI? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I felt very old. I felt bad for him, man. I mean, the bump he took was yeah. pretty rough. Woo. Yeah, that's friendship. I uh, I mean, I'd take that bump for you. Would you really? Yeah, of course I would. You want me I'm to jump really off dumb. the top rope onto you on the announce table? Yeah, I agree to do dumb things all the time. You know this about me. That's very kind Very of you. little Thank forethought. You. That is the Sagittarius in me. Absolutely. Let's take the bump. <laughs> That's very kind of you. Thank you. And I'm not hurt that you wouldn't take it from me. I don't expect that from you. I don't know if I could. It's all right. It'd probably give me a really bad headache. And you know how I am about headaches. You get the headaches. You're kind of little. I understand the whole thing. <laughs> Thank you. The whole thing. I would take some um, other metaphorical bump for you. Thank you. Like You're an welcome. emotional bump. Yes. <laughs> so there were so many times that I actually thought that Logan Paul was going to win this match. Yes. I was really unhappy about it. Like at one point I turned to my husband and like, we're going to turn off the television if he wins. I know. <laughs> I, uh, I, um, do you know the scene where they like, cut to london yes did that look like the fakest shit to you it looked like the fakest shit to me like it looked like the fakest celebration it was awful Mm -hmm. i hated every second of it all of those people were in various conference spaces throughout the arena yep they were all low-level wwe employees yeah and somebody went to party city for the like local decor i'm pretty (laughs) sure i i I think I might have imagined this, but I'm pretty sure I saw someone who was in the London celebration in the Australia celebration. I'm almost positive. 
And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Because that also looked like the fakest thing I'd ever seen. It was absolute horseshit. <laughs> it was so <laughs> stupid. Like, who cares? Anyway. So, was, you know, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I was very pleased that Seth won. I didn't have to yes. throw myself out into the street. Big relief. Seth gets the win. Where do we go with Logan Paul from here? Like, does he just keep showing up to lose? Straight to hell, events? I hope. Like, <laughs> he can go straight to hell. I don't know. We're not done with him. We haven't seen the last of him, of course. He's going to keep coming back. If he keeps harassing Seth, I don't know. Um, maybe, hey, let's pit him against Austin Theory. Like that. Oh, my God. I would be interested in that. Because I don't like either of them, so like let them fight it out. That'll be fun to watch. You know, it would kind of work for me in that I have a hard time paying attention to the same thing uninterrupted for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So that would be a great time for me to like look at my phone or something, or just wander <laughs> around the house. Yeah, just like kind of have like it. mild interest, but not have to be invested. Mm. Well, I I will be interested to see. If anyone takes you up on that, because that's probably the best use of his time I could come up with. There was um, there were some moments throughout the evening that I was like, I think people are listening to our podcast just based on what they were saying. So it's possible. Uh, please point those out as they come up. OK, uh, there's one I definitely wrote down, but. OK. Well, after Logan Paul finishes uh, destroying his friend KSI. We have the damage control versus Becky, Lita, and Trish match. Uh, this is one I was a little nervous about. I was like, <laughs> yeah. are we going to see the best of Bailey and Becky? Or are we going to see... Th- and, like, are we going to see the best of Lita? How rusty is Trish? What's going to happen? I was not let down at all in this match. It was great. Um, Becky was, like, a crossing guard. She looked like a little crossing guard coming out yeah. with her orange. Yeah. Um, I was a little nervous at first that like, because when Lita first came out, she was just doing like clotheslines. And I was like, please don't tell Mm -hmm. me this is all Lita is going to do all night is do clotheslines. Like, come on. So I (laughs) I was a little, I was a little scared at first, but there was some bonkers shit in this match too. Yeah, they went pretty hard. Um, like there were just some spots where people are flipping around in unexpected ways and hitting really hard. And I was like, this is what I came for. Yes. I like, once again, EO sky was just like doing amazing things. Like she's so much fun yes. to watch. I really enjoy her. Um, it was fun to see Trish and Lita wrestle. Cause like I've said a thousand times, I didn't see them back in the day. Yeah. So I thought that was, I thought that was really good. And it did seem like Bailey and Becky were, like, ready for it. Mm-hmm. I thought they were. Last night, I saw something across the women's matches where you have that that first crop of female wrestlers who were like, we're not divas. We're wrestlers. Mm-hmm. We're coming up from NXT. We're doing something different. And when they've all come back this last time, I've been like, where is the fire? Where is what everyone loved about yeah. you guys? And last night, I mean, we really saw it. And and this match is a great example of it. I think the absolute best example of it is yet to come oh my with God. Charlotte Flair. Oh, my God. Seriously. Ugh, it's so exciting. <laughs> but it was just, it was really great. It was, this match for me was the perfect combination of, like, the nostalgia that mm-hmm. wrestling fans really, really love, but also showcasing 
the established talent, reminding you why they're great, and then taking that talent that's still kind of building. And like Dakota Kai had some great moments that I have not seen from her since she was NXT Women's Champion. Yeah, it was nice to see her do some things. Like I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, she is a good wrestler because I haven't really seen her do a ton. Yes. One thing in this match that really made me nervous. I thought Trish was going to have a wardrobe malfunction. All the <gasps> oh, my God. Me, too. So scared for her. I know. I was like, I mean, I'm going to trust you that you know what you're doing. But I was a little scared. <laughs> I was like, girl, you are going to be boobs out at WrestleMania. And I don't know if you want that. This is a tough crowd. <laughs> that thing that she did where she did like the handstand and then like. Was it Eo Sky? She pulled off the ropes with her legs. I can't yes. remember. Was yes. that like a was that like a move she used to do all the time? You know, I don't remember. Okay, it I was really. It don't. was super cool. I really liked it. It was great. Like I really thought she might have a little rust on her because she hasn't been just actively competing. She well, she's been lumberjacking. So she's you know, been lumberjacking and finding love and all yeah. of these amazing things. She's been busy. But, I mean. I really love Trish, so it was very exciting for me to see her back. I thought of you the whole time because I remember how much you love mm-hmm. her. Um, anything else about this one before we move on? I was, well, I I had picked Damage Control to win this one just because of, yeah. you know, we kind of talked about, like, where do they go from here? So, I'm, I mean, I was delighted that Becky, Trish, and Lita won, but I, again, I'm, where do they go from here? So, I'm interested to see how long they have to defend these titles. No, I think that's interesting. Like, I really want to see how, like, I don't see Trish and Lita sticking around for longer than Monday night. I really don't. Okay. Maybe through the week. But, like, where do we go? How do we reassemble this puzzle? How do we put the Rubik's Cube into a new configuration? Well, and I want to see if there's going to be more tag teams Mm -hmm. coming up. Because right now their main opponents are damage control, right? But then... There's got to be some others waiting in the wings. Well, this is this is the problem for me when you look at the Fatal 4-Ways, right? Because we had the men's Fatal 4-Way last night. Tonight, we've got the women's Fatal 4-Way. Mm-hmm. Going into the men's Fatal 4-Way, like, I know these teams. I know the characters. I know their stakes. Going into the yep. women's Fatal 4-Way, it's like pick up two-on-two basketball at the Y. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> These teams don't make any sense. No, it is a hodgepodge and a half. So I I would love to see some teams, like, form out of this. Um, Yes. Like, I don't give a fuck about Ronda and um, Shayna, right? Because I want Ronda to go away forever. But, like, I feel like Riv Riv, Liv and Raquel could be fun because they seem to be pals. And, like, it's another tall and small situation. (laughs) Yes. It could be fun. Oh, my gosh. Crossover potential. I know. Wouldn't that be fun? Where, like... All the Toll and Smoles get together. But yeah, I mean, I feel like they have good chemistry. They're fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in Rhonda and Shayna at this point. And I feel like just setting them up to be shoved into that tag picture is not solving the bigger problem. Like, it's sticking your finger in the hole in the dam. There's still a lot of issues that that one little leak plug is not going to fix. Yeah, 100%. And so where are they going to go with that? Right. Like it's like, it just feels like that's a dead end story. Mm -hmm. They didn't cultivate it at all. And that makes me sad. I also just like thinking back to the things I've read about Ronda Rousey over the last few months. It's like, girl, why do you want to be women's tag champions? 
just so she can like, say she is that's my guess but like she doesn't like this job it's like if you have a job that you can't stand so you're angling for a promotion and it's like that's not going to change the fact that you don't like being here right <laughs> it's like a title a fictitious title is not going to change your life i don't i don't know like she needs a new passion like i feel like she and us in theory are very much kind of cut from the same cloth as far as their mm. characters are concerned because they're both like not interesting they're both like yeah heels in the way that like not fun heels not interesting heels they're just like shitheads that we don't like she she is perplexing to me and some of it i guess isn't perplexing like the way that she always seems surprised that people are booing her it's like and i think we've talked about this like Rhonda, they're supposed to be you're the heel yep that's that's the good thing you want that but also like it must be frustrating to come from a legitimate background of athletic success mm -hmm. like she has success as a martial arts competitor she had success in mma yeah and then she comes here and i don't think she quite translates it there's something she does really well and there's something she does really poorly that's got to be a really shitty situation to find yourself in probably i mean she doesn't have the personality for it right that's part of what wrestling is is like you have to have a big personality and i don't think she has a big personality or maybe she does and she's shy about it. I don't know. Like, it's just like, this might not be the spot for you. There's also the difference between having a big personality with your friends and your family mm -hmm. and translating that into this persona. Like, yeah, it's like if you're funny in your personal life, that doesn't mean you can do stand up. And that's where she is, I think. No, I agree. I think, you know, she this incarnation of this character does not work because i don't think she really even understands it no i don't either and like i'd love to hear her talk through yeah. what she like what's your vision for what you're doing how do you understand what's happening i would be interested in that as well but i also don't want to talk to her because she's kind of an anti-science weirdo so you know. isn't she anti-trans too <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure she is. So she so. can just fuck right off forever. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with that as well. Dear Dad, please tell Ronda Rousey we told her to fuck off forever. Thanks. Bye. No LOL. No JK. No, this is serious no. shit. Fuck off. Okay. <laughs> so probably not as serious, but still very serious in the context of WrestleMania. I mean... <laughs> I don't think Dominic Mysterio is legitimately a bad person. I, I hope not. Oh, I would be so sad. I always imagine him, like, tough-talking his dad or his mom or his sister and afterwards being like, I'm so sorry. I know. I know. They seem I'm like... I'm really the, sorry. They're probably, like, the sweetest family. Like, they just seem like... Yes. His sister is, like, the cutest. Like, I just love looking at their family. They're so cute. So we, we go into our father versus son only the second time we've had father versus son at WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio. I think we really, for just a second, have to take it back to the Hall of Fame when Rey kind of tells us his life story. Yes. And we learn about all the things that Angie did to make their life possible like that woman is a queen 
seriously. Like, she deserves all the awards. Absolutely. Um, you know, we also have to take it back to the Hall of Fame because we had Dominic and Mommy and Damian Priest, all of them looking exceptionally fly. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. They all look so nice. Um, her dress was fantastic. Damien, as always, you are welcome to slide into my DMs. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. You looked amazing. But they get up and leave when it's time for Ray to have his say. I know. I saw a little clip after like the press conference after WrestleMania, which I never watched those things, but it showed up on my... Either. I don't either. Maybe it was TikTok. I don't know where it showed up, but... It was really, they asked her, they asked Rhea about it. And she's like, you know, I was just going to, I wasn't going to put him through that. <laughs> just like, this is so amazing. <laughs> she's a really good girlfriend. I just love it. She was just like so legit about it. Like you're doing a great job, Rhea Ripley. She's really natural when she talks about the craziest stuff. Just like, well, you know, that's the way it is. <laughs> she really is. I love it. So you were talking about a lack of pageantry and entrances, but I have to be honest, <laughs> our boy Dom Dom did not disappoint. I need to understand the context of this. <laughs> like, was he arrested again after the Hall of Fame? How is he in prison? Why is he escorted there like with handcuffs? He's been out and about for quite some time now. You know, the thing is that the carceral system once it has it hooks in you that's true recidivism is a real risk i was just like this is amazing i love that and dom I... has entered the world of the insane wrestling jacket like so many yeah. other wrestlers <laughs> and he had a luchador mask he had a mommy on his butt oh i didn't see that yeah mommy on his i don't butt. know how i missed that that's kind of that's poor placement maybe put it yeah, on the front i, I don't know I mean, maybe he's like, Mommy, my ass belongs to you. Oh, maybe. I'm in this maybe. forever. <laughs> so, you know, whatever criticisms we might have of Dominic Mysterio, he gave it his all for this entrance. And I think he might he might be a little bit over for me now. So yeah. I don't hate him anymore. I noticed as I mean, we as you guys know, we do not talk about wrestling in between recording. We did talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame and mm -hmm. like some auxiliary stuff but your tone around Dominic <laughs> has softened it has I I think he's doing a really good job I'm I think before I think once it tipped over into being sort of comedic I think that's where he got me because yeah. when it was like kind of like serious before I was like okay but like once he started like it seemed like he wasn't taking himself so seriously that's when I found it really amusing he made you laugh and that's where you guys found a bond that's true doesn't take much so, you know, I also, there's this moment where he was trying to get his hoodie off so he could, like, show you that he was wearing, he was still handcuffed. He's trying to show you he's got the luchador mask on. Yeah. So he's, like, flipping his head back and the hoodie wouldn't come off. And I was like, oh, honey. I don't think he thought it through a whole lot or practiced. I don't think he did think it through. I kind of wish they had put him in, like, the Hannibal Lecter thing with, like, the mask <laughs> and the straight jacket. I mean, that would have been hilarious. I feel like it was a real that missed opportunity. Amazing. Mm -hmm. maybe there's like some He's... copyright things they couldn't do i don't know probably there's some rules but they're stupid rules <laughs> they are. ray also brought it in terms of entrance i mean he was he chauffeured did. by snoop fancy he car? had fancy car with the cool neon in yeah. the back he's got the snoop song then he's got eddie's old music 
before he transitions into his own. I mean, it was a cool entrance. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, lie, cheat, and steal. That was Eddie. Do you th- do you know if Ray does his own? Is like is the person like rapping in the entrance music? Is that Ray? You know, I have no idea, but okay. I can see why you'd ask because I think it sounds a little like it Ray. does kind of sound like him. And I was like, I feel like some people can do that, and some people it's really embarrassing. Let's see. I'm looking at you, HBK. I I'm never look these finding. things up. I could find these things out probably by the internet, but I'm just like, no, nah, I'm just no, going to ask. I'm trying to find it, and I'm not I'll ask the universe. Anything. All right. But, yeah, so I think this match really, like, kicked it off with the entrances, really brought some yes. of that WrestleMania magic. But then things took a really interesting turn for the weird when we learned that this match was going to be branded with Cinnamon Toast Crunch. The cinemoji. The cinemoji. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't make the mat look like one big, you know, cinnamon toast crunch piece. That would have been great. Missed opportunity. They could have poured yes. milk on each other. I just like I'm imagining like some kind of pitch meeting where everyone's going over what they're going to do at WrestleMania, and it's Dad and it's Ray Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. And, you know, Ray and Dominic go through their ideas and dad's like, yeah, you know, I get it right because it's this battle for honor and coming of age story, father and son clash of like a titan versus an up and coming contender. And then just imagine the whole thing is like framed with cereal. (laughs) I mean, everybody's got to eat, right? So why not make it cinnamon toast crunch? Brought to you by General Mills. It's so Amazing. weird. It was so weird. I'm glad they didn't have like dancing emojis throughout the match. <laughs> yes, I'm also glad. Like sound effects when someone would like fall. I have to be honest. I think as branded matches go, this went a lot better than the Mountain Dew Pitch Black match. I'm also. I think it's funny that like Cinnamon Toast Crunch endorsed this match, where you know Ray takes off his belt and beats his child with it. It's like, wow, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you're really in bed with some interesting characters. Well, when you're raising your kids, you should always remember that breakfast is the most important meal of the day and beatings are the most important part of child rearing. I mean, I was that part I was like, uh, I don't like this part. It was weird. See, you were like, eh, but Michael Cole was just in his glory. He was elated. Ah. <sighs> <laughs> What did you what did you think about Dom Dom's performance in this match? How do you think he did? I think he did a really great job, honestly. I think yeah. he's improved. I mean, even since we've started watching wrestling again and talking about it, I think he's improved a lot. Like he seemed more active rather than passive because sometimes he's just kind of like the recipient of bumps in a lot of matches. Yeah. Um he kept blowing snot rockets and I wanted to murder <laughs> him though. It was fucking horrible fucking horrible i was like all of the credit you're starting to gain with me dominic you're gonna lose in about half a second when you bring phlegm to the forefront that's a risky game very risky like he doesn't usually do that i don't think and why was he doing like i don't know if it was like to add an extra yuck factor but i'm like my brother you just did that on the mat when you're congested you're congested okay (laughs) someone with really bad sinuses it was so gross it was so gross 
This match made me curious about when he was tag team champions with his dad. Yes. Because I, you know, we tuned back in right after that, right when it was coming to the end. Okay. And I'm curious to see what his wrestling was like at that point. I know. I am curious. Like if he's just been. We need a montage like of his improvement. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned a montage because as we were watching all of the like backstory videos, I had not thought about in the longest time that the like catalyst for a lot of this was when he was replaced by his dad with Edge at Clash at the Castle. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because they were right. He was like, yeah, dad, we're going to do it. We're a tag team. And his dad's like, I'm going to actually pick Edge. And Dominic had that great line when uh, Ray is like, I've known him for 20 years. And he's like, you've known me for 25. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really good line. (laughs) And like, I mean, Dominic wasn't wrong. His father did push him aside for Edge. And that whole situation with the Judgment Day was Edge's fault. Yep. They created So, it. like, I don't know. Now I'm thinking maybe maybe Dominic did have a grain. It's like how it takes one little grain of sand inside an oyster to make a pearl. Mm-hmm. The pearl of his resentment was formed around that little grain of sand. And it's a giant one. And now it's a big one, yeah. <laughs> so... I mean, there were, I thought this was fun. Like, you know, Damian Priest and Finn come out. um, Then LDF arrives to kind of equalize. Mm -hmm. Um, And this didn't surprise me the way it ended. No, me either. Felt like, you know, what happened had to happen. I thought it was nice that Bad Bunny got to run in and also have his WrestleMania moment. Yeah, I really had a moment where I was like, Dom's really going to hit his dad with that horrific chain. (laughs) That's going to be bad news. Can we just talk about the idea that Damian Priest regularly goes around with a chain in his blazer? Just, you know, in case he needs it or Dom needs it. I know. I'm so curious about the mechanics of that. Like, how did that? That was a big chain. It's a big ass chain. Like, where was that hiding? Yeah. So coming out of this, like, it's easy to see what's next for Ray, right? Like, Maybe he takes some time off. Maybe he goes on a really reduced schedule again. Maybe he comes back and leads the Latino world order. Ooh. But what what's next for Dom Dom? Like, where are we headed? I have no idea. I mean, yeah. I think it's a good showing that, like, at the end of the match, Finn and Damien were, like, you know, taking care of him, helping him out. So they weren't just like, you suck. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he just kind of slinks back in with them. I don't know. I keep waiting for them to break apart, and they haven't. I know they they seem really bonded, and I I think it's nice that Damien is like the nurturing one. He's like, it's okay, buddy. You did your best. Yeah, he's really sweet. I know. It's like super sweet. So sweet. That's way. But yeah, I I thought this one was fun. It gave exactly what I expected and it did exactly what it needed to do. Yeah, it was great. I really, I had a lot of fun watching it. Except for the snot. Wow, that's to be expected. (laughs) (laughs) Up next, we have what I feel very, very comfortable calling the match of the night. A thousand percent. I think it's, I don't know. I don't know if tonight can top last night. 
So this has been my thing. We finished WrestleMania last night, and I was like, there's no way night two is this good. Like, it's just, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going in with an open mind tonight, but yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this match. At first, I was like, I wasn't sure, but then it really picked up. And then it was fucking crazy. Like, it, well, wow. I mean, they tore it down. It was crazy. Like, that's the only way to describe it. No, one hundred percent. Like, it was, it was. I love that Cole was saying like, what we just saw was one of the greatest matches in wrestling. He didn't say women's wrestling. He said wrestling. Yep. And I was like, that is true, Cole. That's very true. You know what, Michael Cole. And I don't want to like overpraise him here because he's doing what he's supposed to do. But I feel like more than someone who's very performative about being like, I'm a man and I'm a feminist. Michael Cole is doing what women need him to do. Like he just talks about women's wrestling as if it's part of the big picture. It's equally important. And he's always like, He's always praising. He's always finding things to call out to, like, show how good these women are. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Michael Cole. Yeah, he he really does do a great job about that. I, I think it, I I think my lack of noticing it means that I haven't, you know, haven't really had any complaints. But, like, last night it really st- stood out to me. I was like, this is great. Because they weren't like, women's wrestling, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, this is a wrestling show. And they fucking killed it. What did you think about uh, Rhea's blood drip? Like the black blood drip on her face. I didn't love it. Um, I just felt like it was like hair dye had leaked down her face. Um, but it, it was poorly executed. I mean, it was fine. Whatever. I like her usual makeup. Um, mm-hmm. I know at some point she lost one of the plugs in her ears. And I don't know yeah. when that happened. And I was very curious to find out when that happened. I kind of want to wa- rewatch that match at some point. Yeah, I would like to see it again too. I'd like to see this whole night again, honestly. I know. What what did you think about um Charlotte in her Cenobite winter wear? Do you think that came in a two pack with Seth's coat? <laughs> it was so weird. It had to be so hot and uncomfortable. Like it was a puffer jacket. It was a puffer jacket. In Los Angeles in the spring. Like yeah. I don't girl. It was an interesting choice. But her ring gear was cool. I respect her choice. Her ring gear was cool, and I'm usually not the biggest fan of her ring gear, but I thought it was great. Yeah. Charlotte's like, this is like the most jacked I think I've ever seen Charlotte. Like, she's just like very, she's just like also one big muscle. Like, I don't think I've ever seen her in this like crazy form. She's super powerful. I mean, she's got, she has a supernatural physical advantage and that most women are just not as tall and powerfully built mm-hmm. as Charlotte Flair, right? They yeah. don't have the frame. And I feel like it really showed in some of the moves Rhea was doing where like Charlotte's coming down really hard. She's yeah. smashing her face because she's a lot bigger than the women Rhea is used to doing this to. That flip where she smashed her face into the mat. Oh, God. I straight up, I don't know how her nose wasn't broken. Like, she had that cut on it. I was like, did she break her nose? Like, it was awful. <laughs> I was so scared for her. There were a few times I was like, someone just broke their neck. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it was usually Charlotte. I mean, she took a lot of abuse during this match. Yes, she did. It was it was so much. <laughs> it was so brutal. Mm-hmm. And it never like the pace never let up. Like no. it just kept coming and coming and coming. It was crazy. I was like really scared that Charlotte was gonna win. Um there I think- were a few times I really thought. It would have been a deserved win, right? Like, the match was great. It wasn't like, it wasn't one of those, it wasn't a Randy Orton comes back at the end and wins after he's been beaten all match, right? But no. um, I would have been really sad if Rhea didn't win and she won, and I was so excited. I was thrilled that she won, but I will say that if we determined the winner on points, it would have been a draw. Oh, probably, yeah. But yes, I wanted Rhea to win. I love that at the end, like, Charlotte look like she was legit happy for her i know i thought that was really interesting like she was kind of like passing the baton yeah i'm a real sucker for that i love that i thought that was really sweet i also i don't know if you saw there was this video i saw on instagram this morning of dad and ria i did not see it you have to send that to me later they hug but like it's clear he's telling her that either he's proud of her that she did a great job and it's just like this really sweet moment between them dad it got me right in the feels that's so sweet yeah you send me that later please i would love to see that i will send you that when a really nice moment when ria won i (laughs) think i was delirious i wrote the queen is dead god save the queen may her reign (laughs) be long i was like so excited May her reign be extremely long. And I I am now so excited for what you had proposed that she and Bianca are going yes. to go on to unify these titles yes. and just like have an incredible rivalry. I want that so much. Which means Bianca has to win tonight. I know. And I I don't know that I believe that she will, but I picked her to win, but I yeah, I know. I know. Well, that was what I was thinking of last night cuz I was like everybody's winning these fucking titles, which means like they're not going to change all the titles, all of them. Yep. So I don't know. Maybe she'll win, maybe she won't. I I don't know. And I feel like it's Asuka's time to win. Like we gave her this gimmick change. She's an ass kicker from way back. Like yes. I don't know. Maybe she'll, if she loses, maybe she'll go for, um, I know she's on Raw, but they keep blending things. Maybe she'll try to take on Rhea Ripley. Like, who's going to take on Rhea Ripley from SmackDown? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know that I see Charlotte getting right back in this in a rematch kind of way. I don't either. So it'll be really interesting to see what comes out of this, like, with tonight and then on Monday. Maybe they form a tag team. And take on <laughs> Becky and Lita and Trish. I'd support it. That'd I definitely fun. support it. Yeah, I, this was one of the ones, too, where just like with the Becky at all and damage control match, I was like, what are we going to see? Are we really going to see Charlotte bring it? Because the buildup to this was not everything I had dreamed of. But I, then yeah. the match made up for it. One, 100%. And I, I was thinking about that when I was watching it. I was like... I still wish we could have seen them fight before yeah. that one time that we kind of got to see them. But, like, they really did make up for all the stuff we didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. Anything else about this one before we move down the lane? 
I didn't take a ton of notes because I was just like, oh my God, this match is so good. <laughs> like, it was just like. That was the same for me. Yeah. Yes. It was just like nonstop awesome. And like I said, I probably will go back and watch this one again because I know there's stuff I missed. Mm-hmm. And it was just like. It was so exciting. It was like beautiful wrestling. I loved it so much. It's that feeling when you're on the edge of your seat, biting your nails, and for just a minute, it doesn't matter that it's scripted. You just kind of forget about that because you're so swept up in that moment. Everyone is doing so much yeah. to put on this incredible show. Yeah. yeah. I, it was beautiful. So I think we could describe what happens next as kind of like the cool down from this match. Where yeah. we need to take... We need to take things down a notch because you're going from one kind of intensity to another kind of intensity. And we need that moment to catch our breath, go to the bathroom, make a snack. Palette cleanser. Yeah. So, you know, we've got the Miz in his incredible sparkly suit. I know. He looks so nice. So glittery. And we learned that there are 80,497 people in attendance. I I think about, like, it would be, like, ooh, WrestleMania would be fun. But I'm like, I'd hate it. I'd hate being there. There's so many people. Every seat yeah. is garbage unless you're, like, really close to the ring. Like, it's yes. I'll just watch it from home where it's comfortable and there's close-up shots. If you are not in the first three rows ringside. Mm-hmm. Or I'll say the first row of the first elevated tier. Don't yeah. go. I mean, don't bother. <laughs> I would. I mean, I, shit. If someone gave me WrestleMania tickets, I'd still go. But it's like I just feel like that yes. would be such a stress. Like they just kept showing the sea of people, and I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could do I this. Knew. I would be Dexter Loomis in the Andre the Giant <laughs> Battle Royal. I'd be like, no, this is sweaty and close, and I hate it. I want my hatchet, and I want to go home. Like, if you put me in one of those giant, like, plastic balls that you can, like, <laughs> bounce around in and not get hurt. Like, if you could find a space for me at WrestleMania while I wore one of those, I'm in. Yes, absolutely. Do you think our spouses would roll us around WrestleMania? Yes, they would because they are yeah, they probably would. far better people than we are. Right. Yeah, because I'd be like, no. I'm like, you're not. Know. I don't care. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they absolutely would. Pizza. We somehow found, like, two angels on the earth. I know. They they made some bad choices, but we are now... <laughs> I don't understand the their choices, <laughs> but I'm grateful. Good people do dumb things, okay? And that's where we are right now. <laughs> so the reason this thing with the attendance count got me is, like, it's a sold-out crowd, right? So you're telling me that when they built this arena, <laughs> they built it with exactly three seats less than 80,500? I think um, they actually, it probably seats less people, but they, because they put people on the floor, they can add more so then they can make the number whatever the fuck they want. So maybe it's actually like, there's like actually 70,000 people in here, but like, who's counting? That that is a hundred percent accurate. They always fluff the numbers. I mean, yeah. one year I expect the Miz to be like, "There are eleven billion people in attendance for SummerSlam." And it's like, okay, whatever. I feel whatever, like you fool. Wasn't um, WrestleMania? I don't know if it was a couple of years ago. It was in somewhere bigger, right? It held like, wasn't there like close to like a hundred thousand people? But like, I just remember. Oh, I don't think it was this year, but I was thinking about WrestleMania in general and like how fucking good it is so far this year. 
in comparison to other years and how like I know in other years they were like selling like two for one tickets because like they weren't selling the tickets for both nights. It wasn't selling very well. And I'm like, I bet they're just doing much better this year. That would be my suspicion. So we have Snoop and the Miz (laughs) and the Miz lets us know that he put up an open challenge and he did it on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and MySpace. And I don't know, maybe LinkedIn, plenty of fish, like all kinds of platforms. And uh, nobody took him up on it. But then my boy, your face, I love, but I don't think you do. I don't care. I don't have a feeling. I mean, he's fine. I don't dislike him. He's just, he's such a himbo. He has such golden retriever energy. Yeah. I just love the guy. He does. Uh, Pat McAfee. And you know who else loves Pat McAfee? Snoop Dogg. Michael, Snoop loves him. Michael Cole loves the shit out of him. I, it's so cute. I love when they love somebody so much. Like, I was wondering if they kept it from him because I know last time Pat showed up, Michael Cole legitimately did not know he was going to be there. <laughs> And he was so excited again this time. I was like, did they did they just not tell him again and like somehow keep it from him? I love that idea. I love that I love the idea that maybe Corey didn't know either. Like nobody knew what was gonna happen except Pat McAfee and the Miz and Snoop. It's like if you're holding a special event in your family and the five year old is going to play an important part in it and you have to tell them and it's really risky that they won't tell everyone else, but you know, yeah. Pat held it together. <laughs> I think I mean this part of the night was hard for me because, like, I just wanted – I was tired. But I wanted to see Sammy and KO and the Usos so bad that I was like, I'm really mad that this is happening right now. Can we please move on? Um, yeah, I think it would have been better if instead of having a match, if, like, Pat yes. had just popped him in the mouth with that football guy and we moved ahead. Yeah, it was – it was too much, I think. I just said it was weird and dumb. But uh, at one point, Corey Graves said, to hell with every podcaster but me. He was coming for us. Corey Graves is coming for us. Did you take that personally? I I wrote down, you're on notice, Graves. So, Do you think it's because of all the times I have really ruthlessly criticized him? I think he's jealous because we're better podcasters than he is. Probably. He's like, sure, they have an audience of tens. But you know what? The content they're putting out is grade A prime. It's like at least 3,000 tens. So. (laughs) <laughs> it was a little blast of goofiness i feel like the goofiness i don't it just wasn't placed in the right spot for me i agree with you i think we you always need that bathroom break moment because arenas are big and it takes a long time to get in and out mm-hmm. but this was and i also i do understand wanting that moment to catch your breath between that like Yes. crazy barn burner of a match and what was to come which was not to take anything away from the wrestling in the next match but also an emotional barn burner <laughs> it really was it was so many things so on that note like let's get into it let's get into what you and i and so many people have been waiting for Sami Zayn, kevin owens versus the usos for the undisputed tag team championships this was so stressful this was a lot. I would like to say that the Usos look really nice and white. They d- they look great, like really sharp, really fresh. Yeah, I like their outfits. Mm-hmm. I yes. like their outfits, and I I wanted the Usos to lose, right? I did. I yes. wanted the Usos to lose, but I 
love the Usos. I know. I know. It's really hard. Like, they're definitely doing a good job of making me not like them very much because, right, like, I want everybody to be friends and get along. But I also yeah. feel really bad for them at the same time. And I'm just like, they're rain. They're rain. They, they deserve 10,000 days. They absolutely do. But so when this match started, we got off to what I thought was a very interesting start where we think Jimmy's going to start. And then he's like, Jay, get in there. Yeah. Get in the ring with Sammy. Yeah. Get in there. And well, I guess he wouldn't have the Canadian accent, but get in there and beat him we up. Sammy. There we go. You know what? If I want to say Sami a bunch of times. You can say Sami whenever you want. I'm just saying I don't think Jimmy would say Sami. He probably wouldn't. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. Like, Jimmy, what are you trying to prove? What It made it seem like all of the things that Jay has been saying that it seems like went right past Jimmy that it didn't. That Jimmy has been hearing everything that Jay has been saying. And it's been hitting home. Do you think it was like a test? Yes, I think it was a test. I think it was absolutely a test. Like, prove yourself. Which is, like, kind of sad because I don't want Jimmy to end up being, like, Roman Reigns. Like, don't do that. I know. You're better than that, Jimmy. Too many games. Too many games. Um, I will admit to you, my notes for this match are atrocious. I... So I didn't take a ton of notes because I was just like frantically watching everything and like trying to process yes. my brain. And like, I feel like 90% of the things that I probably wouldn't want to talk about on the podcast anyway, because it was just like so many emotions for me. But like there was a moment and I'm, this is the thing I mentioned earlier and was getting ahead of myself where Jay really started to look unsure of himself. And like, yes, to me, he yes. did anyway. So it was right before, I don't know, Sammy was in a corner, right? And Jay, mm -hmm. I think, was going to... I think it was right before Jay did the haluva kick on him. And he yep. just, like, had this moment where he really looked like he was evaluating whether he should be doing this. And I had the hopiest of hopes that, like, oh, he was no. just not going to do it and somehow it would all be okay. And then he kicked him and I was so sad. There were a couple times where I was like, Jay has been in this pressure cooker and he's going to crack. Yeah. Like he's just going to realize that at some point his identity, peace of mind, principle, whatever you want to call it, like is not worth sacrificing to keep this illusion of the bloodline going. Well, he's torn between two people, right? He's torn between Sami and he's torn between his brother. Between is, family and found family. It is that thing. Like when family does nothing but hurt you and found family has just like worked hard to prove itself to you and lift you up and acknowledge you like acknowledge you yes what what a shitty place to be i know it's heartbreaking i mean that haluva kick was mean-spirited jay but it came from a place of hurt hurt people hurt people yeah it was rough i the way like the ways in which these dudes all like exhausted themselves. It was just like, you yes. could tell so much of it was just like emotional exhaustion <laughs> that they're just like, I'm fucking tired of this. Can we please stop this? Oh my God. It was crazy. This match is a perfect example of how the physicality in the ring sells the story and sells the emotions. Yes. 100%. I don't know. I mean, how many times I thought, like, it's over, Usos retain. It's over, Usos. Like, everybody thought that, right? They did an incredible job yes. of that. And, like, 
I was just seriously like at the like at the very end when KO came in and like you know he like revived himself and came in and like they both kicked some ass and <laughs> still didn't win. I was like, oh no, <laughs> what is happening? And it felt so, it felt so believable that what might happen is what we've been saying about the bloodline. Like, the Usos are so good. The Usos are the bloodline. They're yep. holding it all together. And that they were going to retain and Roman was going to lose. And I, ugh, I'm just dying. I can't wait for Raw because I am dying to know what Roman is going to say about this. And like, we don't know what, yes. what the outcome of Roman's match is, right? This, this really makes me think like, because the Usos lost, I'm like, well, Cody's mm -hmm. going to lose. Like, they're not going to have Roman lose and the Usos lose. It's like too much. But I'm like, well, yeah. maybe they will. Maybe they just want to completely wipe out the bloodline and squish them. I don't know. But I was just like. I need I need Monday Night Raw to get here. I've got <laughs> I have to process through these things. I need to know people's reactions. What is Roman thinking? And I realized like this is one of those times. Like I have been so emotionally invested in this whole story. Like I don't know what's going to happen. It's eating me up alive. And I realized like I said it before, but I really mean it. The way that I felt about like Kevin Owens has to beat Roman Reigns. He has to do it. I believe in him. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't entertain that it's not going to happen. That's how I feel about Cody right now. Yeah. He has to win. Like, I know. Like, I have so much enmeshed in Cody. Like, it's not invested. <laughs> it's enmeshed in Cody Rhodes right now that I'm like, I need you to, like, pull up your fancy socks. Yep. Get out there and, like, prove to yourself what we all believe about you so that we can believe those things about ourselves. Like, you've got to do it, Cody. It's all on the line. It's going to be absolutely crushing if Cody loses. Like, absolutely cry. crushing. Because we have all gone on this journey. Yep. And, like, we have this, like, super villain, right? Roman is a super villain. Yep. Like... We see how shitty he is to his family. We see how shitty he is to Sammy. We see how shitty he is to Cody. And it's like, Cody, you're it. Like, you're the only one that can take him down. You're our only hope. And we have talked about how Cody is, he's showing this really relatable thing. Like, this sort of, it's not a coming of age. It's, it's past that. It's once you've come of age and it's not what you thought it would be and you have to reinvent yourself somehow, but you don't, you don't believe in your potential the way you did in the beginning when you were young and naive, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's the character that Cody's putting forward. And it's so believable that the supervillain can topple that. And yes. that the moral of that story can be like, yeah, you were right. You can't get it done. You're not big enough to beat the supervillain. He's not John Cena, right? John Cena is always kind of the one that you're like, well, obviously, no one's going to take down John Cena. He's John Cena. He's not. He's Cody. Right. <laughs> it's like... No one has ever accused John Cena of being relatable because he's not, right? Yeah. He's he's yeah. Captain America. He's not a real dude. Yes. But Cody is a really real dude. and So I'm just, I'm very, I'm very afraid <laughs> that the worst outcome is a very realistic yeah. outcome. And yeah. narratologically, it's a great outcome, right? In terms well, yeah. of telling the story, it's great. Yeah. But my heart's not ready for that. <laughs> I would also like to add that um, it's Sunday, 
and WrestleMania Part 2 is tonight. And we won't get to talk about this until Wednesday. And that's going to be a fucking eternity. <laughs> I just... If you think that Jey Uso has been in the pressure cooker, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you about how hard it is. we are about. <laughs> oh, it's actually harder for us, right? Because Jay already knows what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we always, you know, before we did a podcast, we'd have like a running narrative talking to each other during all these matches. And now we have to wait. But Cody, I'm trying really hard to identify with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I... I really think so like to go I want to go back to you know Saturday night um I'm I mean once again I just feel like I'm sad that the Usos reign is over yes Um, absolutely I I think it's completely poetic and fitting that it was KO and Sami that took it from them but it also makes it like that much worse it makes it like they really can't come back from this like Will there ever be a friendship again? Also, side note, and I think Jay, it was Jimmy or Jay that said this on SmackDown, like, just wait till Kevin Owens stabs you in the back again. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> like I'm really not nervous wrong. about this. He's not wrong. I mean, KO's track record is atrocious. I just need everybody to be happy and be together and, like, BFFs and, yeah. like, Hugs and high fives all around all the time. We got to heal the bond, guys. We got to start today. Like, okay, maybe not today, but soon. Would villain KO make Sammy a t-shirt? I don't know that he would. I don't think He might make a mean t-shirt about Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I made, Sammy. I made it. <laughs> it's an insult t-shirt. Do you like it? You're not supposed to. I like how he talks. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I mean, I I like everything about KO. I think he's pretty spectacular. He's so great. I just want to like, I want to hang out with all four of these guys. Like, I just want to like, yes, not get pizza with them, get some wings or something because I like wings better. But just like, I just feel like they would be so much fun. Like, they all just seem like dorks. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, can we talk about those baby pictures of Sammy and KO? Oh my God. They were so cute. Like they flashed so so quickly. So like, I was like, I went online and I was like, I need to see old pictures of them. They're so cute. I mean, Kevin legit looked like he was in the ninth grade in some of those photos. (laughs) I'm like, Oh my God. He has a little baby face. He does. He does. I know. It's so cute. I mean, they've been besties since they were what, 15, 16, something like that. Yeah, that's like some Edge and Christian shit right there. I mean, that's long-term bestie commitment. I know. So now I think uh, you open the door for that. Let's just, <laughs> Christian, leave AEW, come back. We do bestie rivalry. I just feel like that would be a lot of fun. Oh and also she very emotional. Bestie rivalry. Very emotional. Incredibly emotional for me. Oh, gosh, that would be amazing. You know, you were talking about... KO eventually doing some betrayal, doing some heel turn. But I want to talk about one thing that stood out to me at the close of this match. You know, Sammy it gets the halluva kick in on Jay, mm-hmm. right? When we're ending. One halluva kick probably would have done it. Mm-hmm. Two halluva kicks certainly did it. Mm-hmm. That third halluva kick was for spite. Yeah. Is that a very Sami Zayn as you know him move? No, it seemed like like the look on his face, like right yeah. before he did that final one, it was very 
there was like a little flash of evil there. <laughs> it's like, oh, it no. was a little it was a little bloodline Sammy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I think we may be in the you can never go back oh. phase. I need them to bit. be like, together forever, though. No, no, you can move forward and you can be together. But like, can Sammy take the stain off his soul of what he did in the bloodline? No, Mm-mm. he's got to live with that. And I, I mean, I thought it was. Go ahead. Oh, I just thought it was interesting that like that wasn't nice guy, lovable Sammy Zane. No. That was intense brutality. And there still hasn't really been a reckoning of like uh, Survivor Series. Like there still hasn't been mm-hmm. the like fucking. I need Sammy to be like down on his knees apologizing for what he participated in at Survivor Series because that was fucking yeah. brutal. And, like, yeah, he's apologized and said, I love you. I don't actually know if he actually said I'm sorry ever. And, like, Sammy's like, or KO's like, remember, Sammy? You really beat me up. But it's like they haven't addressed it. And I need them to address it. Because I feel like as long as that's a festering wound, it's not going to be okay. I think that could potentially play out in really interesting ways. There was... There was a moment last night where Jay was acting kind of squirrely. He was having that moment of uncertainty. Yes. And I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about that one raw where Jimmy gets hurt and Sammy steps in to defend the tag titles. Yeah. And I was like, they're not going to do it, but wouldn't it be interesting if there was this moment where they were like, well, you know, technically Jay and Sammy are the tag title holders, not jay and jimmy (laughs) that would be crazy right like that would be like head spinning flame coming out of my ears like betrayal moment and it's never gonna happen but there was in those moments there was this little seed inside of me like dark abigail was like that's a thing and that could happen at any moment (laughs) and it would be amazing there's constant darkness in my brain like how is this gonna go horribly wrong or horribly right oh my gosh (laughs) There was, they showed this woman in the audience crying when this match was over. Oh, I missed her. And I felt that so much. Like, I'm not a crier. Like, I know you're a crier, right? Like, when sad movies. <sighs> I cry all the gets time. Gets you, right? Yep, yep. I don't cry super easy, but I felt that way inside. Like, oh, overwhelmed. Well, when you said earlier, then, if Cody loses tonight, you're going to cry. That's even bigger than, you know, like, normal feelings. Like, those are, like, extra big feelings. Yeah, I look, I could be talking out of my butt, but I really feel like that's going to be the moment for me. I'm scared. I am also scared. I'm also not sure how I'm going to get up for work in the morning. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. Be awful. You know, this is this is the shitty thing for me, too, is my husband has a very early day tomorrow, so he's not going to be staying up oh. to watch the end of this. And initially I was like, it's no big deal. <laughs> We'll just watch the rest of it on Monday. Now I'm like, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've thought but I need to be there. I need to be there in the moment, and I will watch it again with you on Monday. But I can't. I can't walk away now. I've really got to. I've really got to stay up for it tonight because yeah. inevitably, if I don't, something will get spoiled for me somehow tomorrow. I'll forget about so- Instagram and I'll go on it like an idiot. Like. I'm bored. I'm going to scroll on my phone and like instantly be spoiled and I will die if I get spoiled. 
this is the thing like this morning i was like it's all safe it's all good yeah. you can go on and then all of the nxt event that happened yesterday got spoiled for me in oh. a single post i'm really glad and i like, didn't mention anything one of those changes was like or things that happened i shouldn't say changes one of those things was really like something i hadn't expected but was very excited to see happen so i'm like son of a bitch i'm sorry instagram why do you do me so dirty i watched part of the pay-per-view um it was fun like i forgot how much i like nxt yeah like it's so they're very energetic over there and i like that the gimmicks right now are insane they don't make any sense yeah but the wrestling is first class. There's like two goth girls. I don't know. That was that was kind of interesting. I was like, these people are fun. So I will not spoil anything. Don't worry. Thank you. You're welcome. So is there anything else before we put this incredible... And I mean, we're not really putting it to bed, right? We're just... We're letting it take a nap. Yeah. I'm... I feel like at some point... I'm going to watch it again and I might have more feelings at some point. But like... I, I feel like I have I feel like I've said what I have needed to say as much as I'm willing to say publicly it is true that before we started recording today we had a private download that involved a little squealing a little hand waving and that is one of the most glorious things about watching wrestling with a friend who is wrong in the same way that you are wrong. It was so magical. It's like, Evan, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. It, it really was. It was perfect. So before we shut it down, I want to take a look. I got one of those super helpful WWE emails about what oh. to expect from today. Okay. So for today, same configuration we had yesterday. We're going to start with a pre-show at 6 p.m. Okay. And then we're going to have the main event at 8. I thought that WrestleMania was starting at 7. And I have to tell you, when that countdown clock said an hour plus at like 6.45, I was like, Dad, are you shitting me? I am not a kid anymore. And neither are you. We need our sleep. And I'm like, you guys are all out in California. It's so early out there. Fuck all of you. <laughs> yeah, like, nice for you. Us over here on the correct coast are suffering. Yeah, I think suffering. that's unfair. Do they ever... I was just thinking, like... I wonder when the last time WrestleMania was on the East Coast. That's a great question. I don't know. The it's probably been relatively recently, but it just seems like it was in Texas. And like, I was like, they really like at least one hour in that time zone, don't they? I just said a little bit earlier. Yeah. Think about us over here. Yeah. Dad. Dad, you are not, you're not parenting right now. So what this email shows for the card is kind of interesting because it looks like we're going to kick things off with a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship which will of course feature Gunther, Drew, and Sheamus mm -hmm. then we're going to have Bork Laser versus Omos <laughs> in a scale tossing match oh god after that we've got Edge versus the demon Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match which I hope will be lit entirely by candles I'm hope Ugh. I feel like I can have so many feelings during that match I'm very excited very excited, too. Then we've got uh, Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair taking on Asuka. Very exciting. And, of course, we're going to top the card with the uh, match between Roman and Cody for the Undisputed Universal Championship. What's interesting about this is that the Women's Fatal 4-Way is not listed, and I wonder if it's going to be shunted to the pre-show. Oh. Mm -hmm. 
weird. Why would they do that? I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe they were not intending to go until midnight last night. And because tomorrow is a school or tonight is school night, they're going to show some limited form of mercy. I have no idea. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, we'll see how it plays out. See how it plays out. Um, so I think, you know, that was the night that was and the Friday that was. I think this is where we leave you. But Jillian, do you have any final thoughts before we uh, prepare to gird our loins for night two of WrestleMania? I have not enjoyed wrestling like this in years and years and years and so I'm just really happy to be watching it again and to be talking about it with you and I just feel like dad's doing a lot of good things I know we give him a lot of shit but good job dad so keep up the good work yeah I I feel exactly the same like it's been so much fun and it has been really exciting to take this journey back to feeling this way about wrestling and sharing it with you but also doing this podcast at the same time it has been pretty cool i agree so on that note um cannot wait for tonight we're gonna say goodbye and thank you for once again joining us for wrestling is for girls you can find all of our episodes on spotify apple podcasts and of course on our website wrestlingisforgirls.com and we would love to hear from you on Twitter at WIF Girls Pod. We will see you later this week for night two of WrestleMania and all of the fallout on Raw. And until then, have a wonderful week. And remember, it took millions of dollars in eight years for WWE to make Roman Reigns the head of the table. So it's not a big deal if it takes you a while to get where you're going to. 